Hello everyone, and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media. I'm Remy. I'm Kat. And today we will be launching a new segment called Scripts and Scraps, Things That Fell Through the Cracks. Warning, spoilers ahead. Hey Kat, what's up? (laughs) Hi Remy. Doing good? Uh, I don't think I'm going to get killed by a storm, so that's great. We love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to do like a little catch-up on what we've been reading, watching, uh, listening to in the recent weeks that haven't made the cut on the pod, but um, are still things that we want to bring up and mention and recommend to anyone who's interested. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought up this idea for an episode where we get to shout out some of the stuff that just barely missed the cut for our picks of the week, Mm -hmm. especially because there have been so many marquee films coming out lately. They've sort of been eclipsing a Mm -hmm. lot of the other stuff that you and I have been really loving and wanting to talk about Mm -hmm. but it's hard to compete with a with a big exciting movie sometimes so this is the perfect the perfect format and the perfect platform to give you all a taste of some of the wrecks that we've also been really wanting to to praise and talk about and put out there yeah um one thing that i want to shout as something that i'm really excited for and have not read yet, but just arrived in the mail today and I've kind of flipped through it, is a book called, well, I guess it's kind of a book. It's called Haunted Reels. And I don't know if this was on your radar at all, um, but I discovered this on the Instagram pages of Erin Moorhead and Justin Benson. Mm -hmm. And... um, I'll just read you, like, the back cover really quickly. In April 2020, the world faced imminent lockdown, so a group of filmmakers started a virtual support group. Once a week, these diverse voices would assemble to do what they do best, tell each other stories. Campfire horror tales, emotional cosmic mysteries, and anything else that either made them take their minds off what was happening to the world or help them understand it. This anthology is the best of these stories. And I'm so excited about it. Um, It has stories from Aaron Moorhead, Justin Benson, who are well known for um, their film Synchronic. And we've talked about their film Something in the Dirt that they directed Mm -hmm. and starred in. Mm -hmm. They're some of our favorite actors and directors. And then um, it also has a story from... uh, filmmaker that I really like and has been on my radar, Bria Grant, who she is half of the Reading Glasses podcast, which is where I initially discovered her. She acted in that film After Midnight that I wrecked to you forever ago. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then um, she also directed a film called, I want to say Night Shift, but I think that's wrong, 12 Hour Shift. Um, oh, right. Which she put out in 2020. And it did quite well. So I'm stoked. I've read Bria Grant's short story and Aaron Moorhead's short story. Um, and haven't quite gotten around to Justin Benson's short story yet. But uh, it's just chock full of these short stories. And they're really good so far. So I can't wait to read more. And I'll update you guys um, as I, as I work through this, but I just love an anthology and I was so excited to see this pop up as an opportunity to get more of the minds that make the films that I like. So, yeah, that sounds amazing. I would love to read the full list of the contributors yeah, of that. For sure. That sounds really cool. And I'll live an hour away so you can borrow it when I'm done. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just wanted to shout that and it just, the pre-order for it just ended, it just shipped 
And so there are plenty of copies as well. Oh, so it's if just people coming want, out. Yeah, if people want to order mm-hmm. it, it's through the Dark Matter Zine. I'll link it mm-hmm. in our bio. Um, that way, people and you said can... it's called Haunted Reels. Haunted Reels. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, I just think it's a wonderful example of the way that people came together and supported each other throughout the pandemic, which was obviously like the worst time in a lot of our living memory. And um, it's nice to see a group of people get to make something significant and creative during that time. So that makes me really happy for them. Yeah. And happy for me to check that out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Very cool. So I've been like, highly anticipating that I think I ordered it back in like April and I forgot that I'd ordered it and I got the notification the other day that it shipped and I was like waiting on the edge of my seat Mm. and I ripped it out of the mailbox when I got home today (laughs) I was like so excited so that's the best feeling so thrilled um but yeah so we'll just kind of chat about uh unless you have any anticipated things that you want to talk about nothing that is in my immediate future. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So do you want to start us off with uh, your scripts and scraps? Your first scripts My scripts and scraps. Your first scrap? My first scrap <laughs> that I've been wanting to talk about because I thoroughly enjoyed it was season two of The Bear. Oh. We covered season one as one of your picks in the fall of last year. Yeah, because I was um, late to the game. Le- yeah, you watched it later on after it all came out. And um, we were both excited for season two to come out. And that came out in June, I want to say, mm-hmm. of this year. And uh, Will and I watched it relatively quickly Uh, He also was a big fan of season one of The Bear, Mm -hmm. and so we were eagerly awaiting season two, and I don't believe you've seen it yet, correct? I haven't. I haven't. Okay, so I'll touch lightly on all of these things, but I enjoyed it a lot more than season one. I enjoyed season one a lot, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think you remember back when we talked about your pick in depth, it was particularly stressful for me to watch as a former yes. food service <laughs> and hospitality worker. There was a lot of stuff that just brought up terrible <laughs> memories. And that made it really hard for me to sit through, Mm -hmm. even though that's a testament to how accurate and true to life it is and how evocative it is. Mm -hmm. And while that through line of high pressure, high stakes, high performance is pulled into the second season, it's not all service oriented or it's not like that specific type of feeling where mm-hmm. you're deep into service and everyone's in the weeds and no one can yeah. breathe and there's no way out. It's not like that wall to wall anymore. So there's, there's a lot of stability and it's just kind of dispersed onto other subject matter. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And there has just been an incredible expansion in the storytelling and the filmmaking in the second season. Mm-hmm. And it's just elevating to incredible heights. And the, the second season is just incredible. And it takes everything that was amazing from the first season and runs with it in a direction that serves it even better in the second season, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to watch it. I was, I forget how this came up, but when I was with Scott this past week, we were chatting about something and out apropos of nothing, he was like, I'd like to watch the bear. <laughs> I was like, Oh, he, he that's should. Great. we should. Um, but I'm really excited to catch up on that, especially once like this move is over and I'm mm-hmm. starting to feel more settled. I think I will be watching a lot more television and catching up on a lot of things. But right now I am. Yeah, that's totally understandable. 
I will just highlight my three favorite episodes mm-hmm. because I think it was an excellent season overall, but there were three really standout episodes to me. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a lot of other people at least agreed with two of these picks because everyone was just going insane for them mm-hmm. <laughs> on Twitter. And um, different. it's kind of a Rorschach test in terms of which one is your favorite reveals perhaps a lot about you, but I'll go to the mat for my favorite, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Um, in terms of top three episodes from season two of The Bear, third favorite is the episode Fishes. This one, I think, is a lot of people's faves. It's the one of the the holiday dinner. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a flashback episode. Also, wall-to-wall stacked with incredible guest performers. Okay. Um, just, just a room full of extremely famous people that I was completely not expecting to show up on the bear. Mm-hmm. And once you watch it, I'll tell you who my favorite guest performer was. <laughs> but rest assured, they're all amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, that episode was a ride. <laughs> My second favorite episode is Honeydew. Mm-hmm. This is something of a bottle episode because it follows Marcus staging at a restaurant in Copenhagen mm-hmm. and centers on his travels there and his adjustment to that area and what he learns from Will Poulter's character. Oh. Okay. As the head chef at that place where he's staging. Ooh. And I loved that this was a change of pace for the show. Like, it was a nice respite Uh episode where it was contemplative and deliberate Mm -hmm. and provided some of the best, most interesting depictions of mentorship that I've seen lately. Mm -hmm. And I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a really nice change of pace, and Mm -hmm. that's why it's ranking so highly on my episode list. So yeah, that's Honeydew. And then my absolute (laughs) favorite episode from season two is obviously Forks. (laughs) This is the episode that features Richie, Ebon Moss Uh Bagrack's character. Yeah. And... I remember when we talked about season one, I argued that Richie was low-key, high-key, the best character on the show, and I'm tripling down on that. (laughs) He's by far the best character on the show, and Forks absolutely proves that. It Mm -hmm. is the essence of celebration of character. Evan Moss-Backrack does a phenomenal job acting in this show. I care so much for this character. I want him to succeed so badly, and I love watching his journey across the entire season and seeing everything crescendo in Forks, Mm -hmm. and it was just a spectacular watch, spectacularly shot, and I just absolutely loved cashing in on my long-term investment on that character. (laughs) Um, I just saw that actor in, um, a fringe episode and I was like, I know him. This is amazing. That's so funny. Oh, that's great. Um, Yeah. He's been around. He's been in the game and I'm really glad he's getting recognition and he's getting to shine in this role because he absolutely deserves it. He crushes it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's amazing. He was yeah. one of my favorites in the first season, for sure. I found his, mm-hmm. like, life situation very emotionally evocative. And I, like, really fe- found myself feeling for him and, like, his grief and his hardship in the first season and his anger. I just, I love him. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait for you to see the second season. Amazing. Perfect. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the bear season, too. All right, I had a I had a last minute substitution because okay. you brought up um, uh, Eva Moss Blackrack. His name's so hard for me to remember, um, but he's not in what I'm going to bring up. But I watched this a while ago, and I will say that I had kind of a slightly different criteria um, for my picks. My picks are 
kind of smaller things that I didn't feel like I could do an entire episode on. Sure, um, sure. But still wanted to highlight. Um, and one of the most entertaining things I've seen that kind of surprised me this year was a YouTube short television series um, created by Kyle Prue called Rabbit. And I can't remember if I told you about this or sent you one of the videos. I feel like maybe I did. I think you sent me the first one when I was traveling. And so uh, I didn't get a chance to check it out. It, I found it so entertaining. He, I came across his TikTok. He does a lot of these like list format TikToks where he's, uh, comes up with things you could say to make men angry, and I find them <laughs> truly hilarious. Um, but uh, in stumbling upon his TikTok, I found his YouTube channel as well, and he created this short television series for YouTube um, that's like surprisingly high quality, surprisingly well written, has really incredible. Um, like character development and themes. And I just found it absolutely so interesting. So the general premise of the show is that Rabbit, who is our main character, it's his code name. He works for this kind of criminal organization. Mm. Um, he is a task rabbit for uh-huh. like kind of a hitman type guy, but he can get uh-huh. hired to do anything. So for example, in the first episode, a woman is trying to uh, get her insurance to pay for a nose job, and she hires Rabbit to break her nose so that it mm-hmm. will be covered by insurance instead of her having to pay out of pocket for her reconstructive surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like a whole thing. Um, and it's so funny and serious and... I would love to follow him and just like see what he does in the future because the talent of him just like creating this all on his own. I mean, I could see this on Hulu. I like mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. so impressive to me and I got so excited about it, but it's only like six or seven episodes and they're very short. So I highly recommend you check it out. Um, I know I didn't do a great job explaining it because it was a last minute substitution, but there's a character in it that reminds me of even Moss Backrack, uh, like just his whole persona in the bear. And also just generally they look similar to me. Um, and that's mm. kind of what jogged my memory about that, but it's not really something I could do a whole episode on, but I hope people check it out because mm-hmm. it's cool to see people who are up and coming and might be big names in the future. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that actually ties in perfectly with my next pick, which is, I believe, a debut film mm-hmm. by the director Nikyatu Jusu. It's her 2022 film Nanny, mm. starring Anna Diop. And this film, I had heard a little bit about it, but didn't see a trailer, didn't know much about it until... I heard it was going to be added to the Criterion Collection as, like, one of the most recent inductees, I guess you could call them. And I was like, oh, wow, that must mean it's really good. Mm -hmm. And so Will and I checked it out, and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think some people, when it was released, might have had unclear expectations about it being a horror film. I would say it's more of a, it's more along the lines of a th- metaphysical thriller mm-hmm. in that the overall ambiance and milieu of the film is very tense and suspenseful, but mm-hmm. also kind of dreamy. And the threat is often diffuse and unknowable for a lot of the film. So your unease isn't directed at a specific target like it is in a a typical horror or thriller. And so I think that threw a lot of people off Mm -hmm. expectation-wise. But for me, I think it it really, really worked. I thought it was excellently directed. 
and excellently acted, and it was visually sumptuous. The color palette of the film is incredible. The interiors of people's apartments are amazing. It's about a woman from Senegal that's come to New York City, and she's working for a wealthy family as a nanny because she's hoping to earn enough money to get her young son to be brought to New York City to come live with her. And it's mostly centered on her experience dannying for this family. And it's hard to communicate exactly what is so good about this film, other than all of the technical aspects that are excellent. Mm -hmm. But it just does such a good job of constructing that overall feeling of unease throughout. And it does such a great job of portraying the main character's subjective experience and questioning what's going on and reacting to what's happening around her. The main character is really easy to root for. She does a really good job standing up for herself in ways that I found really admirable. Like she's really formidable in situations that would be really uncomfortable for anyone, like especially like situations where you're talking to your employer and you're clearly at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. in terms of the distribution of power. She really exemplifies what it looks like to stand up for yourself in a professional and efficient manner. And I thought that was a really cool aspect, but that's just one really small part of what makes this film a really good watch overall. So I highly recommend checking out Nanny from 2022. That sounds very up my alley. I'm very Mm -hmm. intrigued by that. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. I have... Uh, a couple of podcasts that I've kind of grouped together that I'd like to give a quick shout to. A couple of them are newer, and a couple of them are kind of newer discoveries. One isn't really a podcast, but I've put it under this category. Um, so the first one that I want to mention is Films to be Buried With, which we talk- we've yeah. mentioned on the podcast before. It's a rec that I received from Remy um, a long time ago. And finally got around to, it's hosted by Brett Goldstein, who's well known for his role as Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. And I've been just enjoying it so much. Um, And one episode that I recently particularly enjoyed was the Rob Savage episode. I don't know if you got the chance to listen to that one, Remy. I'm not sure. Um, Rob Savage is the director of the... uh, a recent film that came out called The Boogeyman, and it's an uh, adaptation oh, no. of the Stephen King uh, of a, a Stephen King short story, and it also has the directors um, of Sixty Five as producers on this film. So it's been on my radar. Right. I didn't get the chance to catch it in the theater, which I was very bummed about. But I think you would really enjoy listening to Rob Savage talk about his inspirations for the the boogeyman monster because he talks uh-huh. about how um, he was really inspired by the nature of Jaws, um, the shark in Jaws, where mm-hmm. you don't see it on screen very much. And so he wanted to have the actual monster on screen for less time than Jaws was mm-hmm. on screen. Um, so I nice. thought that was really cool, and I liked the way he talked about it, and he had some really good um, movie recs that I was really excited about. So that's a recent episode that I would recommend. Do you want to shout any specific recommendations while we're on the top? Um, I mean, if you heard the Barbenheimer primer, I shouted out Jamie Demetrio's episode mm-hmm. because he gave my favorite anecdote about watching movies with your family of all time. <laughs> so I would definitely say seek that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, every time James A. Caster is on the pod is a great <laughs> so time. so weird. I would say absolutely, hands down, my favorite episodes are when 
Nish Kumar comes on to do a year a year recap mm-hmm. with Brett. So every calendar year, they do a reflection on the movies from that year through the lens of Brett's categories. Mm-hmm. And so both Nish and Brett give their answers for each question regarding the films from that calendar year. And those episodes are incredible. I look forward to them so much every year. I love them. They're excellent recaps. Oh, I love Nish Kumar. And a lot of the people that he's having on the, like, a lot of the people that we're bringing up, like James A. Caster and Nish Kumar, they've mm-hmm. also been on Taskmaster, which we've discussed yeah. in depth previously. Um, so go check that out if you're interested. Um, uh, another... A guest that I particularly enjoyed was Patton Oswalt. Um, mm. I love him. I think he has such interesting thoughts on death um, and grief. And I find him talking about them like really valuable for me as a person who is afraid of grieving and has like mm. a really hard time with that. Uh, there's a lot of value to his thoughts on that for me. And I've listened to some of his stand-up comedy, which is actually really deep and has a lot of thoughts on death. And I just thought he brought so much to the table and I loved him so mm-hmm. much. And he, he also just has a very deep love of film. Like yes. he's written books about film and he has great shouts. He's the person who told me about Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> And so I'm forever indebted to him. For yeah. That. Thanks, Patton. Ah, uh, he's amazing. Um, but yeah, so that's been one podcast that I've recently been loving. I, this is not technically a podcast, but I'm grouping it under this category. It's the Nike Run Club app. Um, it has really great guided runs and I get mm-hmm. really bored while I'm running. And so it's like a podcast that I can overlay with music behind it and just like have a lot of stimuli happening so that I don't get bored on my runs and it's free and there's hundreds of guided runs. You don't have to pay $15 a month for like active. This is not sponsored. I just love this app so much and I feel like not enough people know about it and not enough people use it. And it's so educational. I learned so much about, um, like what kinds of runs are for what kinds of goals and, also, the thing, it's like really good for reminding me to check my form. So check it out. Mm. I think it's one of the most fantastic apps to grace the earth. Um, and I particularly like any run that's coached by Coach Bennett, who also just started his own podcast recently. It's called the Coach Bennett Podcast. I love him. He's so motivational and just like, love to hear him talk. He's amazing. He's a Portland-based Nike running coach. It is pouring rain outside right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just have two other quick shouts that are more recent, um, so I don't have a great sense of them yet, but I'm really enjoying them so far. (laughs) Can you hear the rain? No. Okay. It's so loud. Um, The first of these is PJ Vogue's new podcast, Search Engine. Mm -hmm. Um, I sampled some of the episodes recently. I think there are only four out right now. One was like a sampler that they posted a couple months ago. And then there are three new episodes. And, um, I really like the concept for it. It's really playing into PJ's skills as kind of an investigative reporter, but Mm -hmm. into these like, um, more odd questions. So for example, one of his first episodes was, should I not be drinking, uh, airplane coffee? Um, Hmm. and so he like kind of went through all of these like concepts that we have or conceptions that we have of airplane coffee right now of that, like it's germy and it's not being boiled enough. And it's, um, from these tanks that aren't cleaned. And Mm. he talks to, this reporter from the Wall Street Journal who did all of this like fun, cool reporting in, I think, either the late 90s or early 2000s. I can't remember. But she would like investigate these kinds of like strange questions like how large are these hotel rooms? And her boss would send her around to do all of this kind of like business reporting. But Hmm. this was one of the things that she kind of like 
opened a dialogue on. And it's been going viral recently of like airplane, um, airline attendants. Is there a different name for them? What are they called? Flight attendants? Flight attendants. Thank you. Um, saying like, I would never drink the coffee. Like, don't drink the coffee on your plane. And mm. kind of looking at all of the research on whether or not, um, the coffee is safe to drink. Um, so I thought that was really cool and it was really entertaining to listen to. He has, um, Anthony on that episode. He is, uh, Anthony, uh, Perosky, I want to say from Queer Eye. Um, he's like the chef guy on Queer Eye. Uh, Yeah. He's amazing. And he's like the one that poses the question to PJ. And so, the whole kind of concept is that someone asks this weird question and then PJ mm-hmm. um, goes on to investigate it. And it's oh, cool. scratching that itch for me of missing reply all and wanting something similar from one of my favorite hosts. So mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying it. And Crypto Island, which was his previous like endeavor, didn't really speak to me. I wasn't. I don't know. I'm not big into learning about crypto. So this is much Mm -hmm. more up my alley and much more sustainable for me. So I'm so excited about it. Um, Another one of his episodes is titled, how do I find new music now that I'm old and irrelevant? Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to listen to that one, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Cool. And then my last podcast show is a podcast called rattled and shook. It has been advertised on Radio Rental, which is another podcast that I love. And they branded themselves as a horror variety show. It is Meredith, who is a producer of Radio Rental. Um, So at the end of Radio Rental episodes, it says, this episode was produced by Meredith Stedman. And Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And so she went on to create her own podcast. She does not love horror, and her co-host, April, does love horror. So April, Mm -hmm. like, finds a bunch of cool stories, and um, there's, like, some voice acting elements where people are reading online stories. Some seem more, like, kind of creepypasta-ish, like, fiction, and then some are written in by other people. And so it's just a fun different show and I would recommend it if you did like Radio Rental. It's definitely different and definitely more of like a friendly, funny conversational type energy. Um, but I just I'm really enjoying it so far. So I would recommend that to anyone who liked Radio Rental. Or spooky nice. stuff or ghosties, you know. Mm-hmm. Spooked. Yeah. Spooked. Oh, I loved Spooked. <laughs> uh, if you like Radio Rental, you're going to love, love Spooked. It is a, <laughs> um, oh, what production company puts that out? WNYC? Yes, WNYC Studios puts that out. Um, it's incredible. I love that podcast. It scares yeah. me so much. It's definitely <laughs> more of like a Radio Rental type vibe where people are telling their own stories and... Uh, it's so effective and scary. So, yeah, I think they've got a new season coming out right now as well. So we'll add awesome. that on the list, too. Sure. Put it on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have my final scrap <laughs> that I want to talk about. And I'm glad, I'm glad I primed you for this earlier this week or else this would make no sense whatsoever. Oh. But <laughs> I know what my, it is. <laughs> my... Favorite thing that I've been thinking about nonstop <laughs> since I saw it in the end of May is the Darmine Doggy Door sketch <laughs> from season three of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, where do I begin? My journey with I Think You Should Leave has been a roller coaster. <laughs> it is hands down Will's favorite show. <laughs> And so you better believe I've heard my my absolute fill of Tim Robinson impressions <laughs> over the past, I don't know, two years. How long has it been going on? <laughs> and it's a, it's a bizarre show if you haven't seen it. It's a sketch comedy show made by Tim Robinson, 
who is a strange genius type of person. <laughs> he used to be a writer on SNL, but they essentially told him he was too weird for SNL. <laughs> so he left and now he makes the show where he seems to have complete creative control and it is absolutely asinine and bizarre and occasionally profound. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... The Darmine Doggy Door sketch from this latest season that released at the end of May is the perfect example of mixing just damning social commentary Mm -hmm. with completely insane (laughs) sketch comedy, if that makes sense. So I think another great example of this is Coffin Flops, which is another like really famous sketch from the show and definitely one of my favorites. Absolutely insane. That you wear in a coffin? No, it's a reality. It's a reality TV show of people falling out of coffins. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I thought it would be at all. I love and it. No, it is insane, but it's <laughs> it's got it's just just small tiny gems of commentary mm-hmm. about the news media and television programming confined within the shell of a. Uh, uh, a man, Tim Robinson, screaming at you most of the time. <laughs> and it's, there's nothing else like it, mm-hmm. but I'm really glad it exists. And I'm really glad you were receptive to when I sent you the Darmine <laughs> Doggy Door sketch because it is two and two minutes and 11 seconds ab- about, and it is extremely dense. <laughs> it is edited to perfection. And it is absolute brilliance. It is just the perfect comedy sketch. (laughs) And uh, right away, I knew it was my favorite sketch of the Mm -hmm. show so far because it really spoke to me. Because one of its main, one of the core, it explores many things in this two-minute span. But one of the core things it explores is... The absolute despair of realizing you would rather die than go to your job. (laughs) And you and I have both experienced that feeling. You experienced that feeling just this week and today. (laughs) A lot today. Many times. Many separate times times today. Many times today. And how society is broken that we live like this now. And it's just the norm. And it's like touches on male insecurity and (laughs) it touches on how we know very little about the earth (laughs) and it does so like I said with the most expert editing I've ever seen in my life if you I've watched this thing so many times (laughs) And I've watched all the cuts and the transitions and the timing of the cuts and the way that they cut. And it's mm-hmm. structured like an infomercial. I should have said that up front. It's like a fake infomercial for it's this so doggy good. door is the premise of the sketch at first. But obviously it devolves into this diatribe about societal decay uh, in, a, in a capitalist hellscape, I guess you could say. <laughs> and it... um. I just want to shake the hand of whoever edited it because it, every choice they made was a choice and it was the 100% correct choice mm-hmm. for full comedic effect working within the format of an infomercial. And Tim Robinson gives an incredible performance as always. He's completely unhinged, but his vocal control and the choices he makes to deliver this incredible dialogue Mm -hmm. is completely unique and completely suits him and the show and his entire vibe and I think about it all the time and I watch it like three times in a row a night just because I want to soak it in and think about how it's one of the it's one of the best things ever made like in terms of (laughs) time spent watching and my level of enjoyment. I cannot believe they fit so many immense things to enjoy inside two minutes and 11 seconds. It's what an achievement. <laughs> what have they done to us? <laughs> I, know. I was um, looking up your text from that day that you sent me the sketch because I was like, yeah. I just want to remind myself of how you 
gave me the context for it. But, <laughs> Do you want to read it? Or? Um, it, you said a lot of it, but I just really liked the <laughs> the ending of it, where you're like, if you hate it because it's profoundly weird, that's totally okay. <laughs> and then you put a thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> I know. I wanted to give you an out <laughs> so that you didn't think I was weird for the rest of my lives, in case you yeah, hated it. It was totally fine. I I really enjoyed it. Um, it was giving like a much better and much deeper rendition of like the kitten mittens sketch from yeah it's always sunny in philadelphia oh yeah i yeah yeah yeah. i find that incredibly hilarious it says nothing about society but it will unfailingly make me laugh and so when i clicked on that and saw that this was an infomercial and this man was unhinged i was like i am in i am here for this um, I don't even like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but I love that sketch. Um, so, yeah, I was here for it. And I also, it really spoke to me on a level of being absolutely terrified of things. And oh, yeah, the, I I, the idea of something that you don't necessarily understand <laughs> coming into your home and you interpret it as this like horrible monster. That's this so monstrosity. You. I was like, that is this is so you. Absolutely <laughs> what my life experience is like. And mm-hmm. I I just loved that aspect of it. And so like the weirdest part of the sketch was actually the part that spoke the most to me. Um also I love an animal actor. Uh good for that pig. Great times. Oh, yeah, the pig was good. He was the so raccoon cute. was good. Everyone did a good oh job. Oh, my God, the raccoon. Yeah. I, I I didn't even think about that part. That totally suits you. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely thought you would like the part about, for, like, 50 <laughs> seconds, I thought there were monsters on this world because, <laughs> I mean, you love a cryptid. and. Uh, like at least 10 times a day when Will is home, I like look at him and I say, we really know very little (laughs) because there's like this immaculate insert square in the corner at the end while he's ranting about how we don't understand the monsters on this world. (laughs) And the fact that they inserted that and it's the perfect sentiment to underscore what's happening and it's also profoundly true. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is art. <laughs> it's very good. If you like sketch comedy, this is definite. And you're like open to strange vibes. Mm-hmm. This is definitely up your alley. Like if you've got yeah. an open mind for it's two minutes of your life. It's yeah. fun. It's check it out. Absolutely. And I think it's one of the more palatable sketches from the show. <laughs> But also, like, speaking of Rorschach tests, like, Mm. this show is an absolute scattershot assessment of the psychology of the people around you. Like, finding out what (laughs) someone's favorite sketch is, Mm -hmm. is just uh, an insane peek into their minds at times. And sometimes I'm just like, I I don't think I will ever understand you if... If oh, no. the, <laughs> I I don't even want to name I don't want to diss any of the sketches, but like a podcast host on a pod I listen to mm-hmm. referenced one as their favorite. I was like, I'll never understand you. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I so, really yeah. enjoyed it. Feel yeah. free to send me any more of your favorites from that show because I'll send fun. you coffin flops for sure. That's I another know, crowd pleaser. I want to know what Will's favorite is. I want to know him better. <laughs> Jeez, I'm trying to think if I should know it offhand. I wonder if he's ever decreed what his favorite one is. You should ask. I'll ask him and I'll check back in with you. Wake him up in the middle (laughs) of the night and be like, what's your favorite? (laughs) Definitely Coffin Flops gets a lot of play Mm -hmm. impressions wise. (laughs) So I think that one's probably up there. (laughs) I've got to watch that. Amazing. Oh, gosh. And that man looks so familiar to me. I don't know if I've seen him. Tim Robinson? Yeah. I don't know if I've seen him elsewhere, but he just looked very familiar when I watched that sketch. So I was like, well, I don't know who that is, but 
Sometimes I feel like he could be related to Elon Musk backrack for some reason. Which, I do see that. Like, they could yeah. be a brothers or cousins or yeah. something. Yeah, I could see that. That mm-hmm. might be where it comes from. Um, all right, my last pick for my scripts and scraps is <laughs> the book Thank You for Listening, uh, which was written by Julia Whelan. Woo! I just listened to that on audiobook, and I'm, I liked it a lot. I especially think that... It's nice to see Julia um, write a story that she would like to perform, if that makes sense. Like, it seemed clear to me that this Mm -hmm. was, like, the kind of story that she would like to tell on an audiobook. Um, She narrates it. She's our favorite audiobook narrator, I think it's safe to say, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, She's got incredible range in her performances. She, and I really especially loved the insight into kind of her method um, for her audiobook reading, because a lot of this book is about um, acting while you're an audiobook narrator and how a lot of people are just reading and that is limiting their performances. And mm-hmm. I think that that's exactly why Julia is so amazing at what she does mm-hmm. because you can feel the performance and yeah. she understands her characters so deeply and she's so good at it. Um, but the it's a romance book. It's about two audiobook narrators. So you get a lot of insight into that industry, which I think is really cool. Um, Absolutely. Definitely a lot more appreciation for that industry because it like it's a freaking hard job. And yeah. I think people just think that, oh, I could do that. It's just reading. And it would be so taxing. And I... Loved the character's journey with her, like, recovery from an accident and her dealing with, like, the grief of losing a career because of this terrible accident that happened to her. And that's, like, her main, like, challenge as a character. And it's, like, holding her back from her relationships, her acting career, her audiobook career. She... Well, I guess not as much her audiobook career, but still, like, she feels like she can't achieve these things because when she looks in the mirror, all she can see is the consequences of this accident. And I loved how her people supported her and grew with her. I especially like her relationship with her best friend um, because it just kind of, like, highlights this kind of complex relationship between two people who started off on the same path and now one is more successful than the other. And I think it just like the characters were all amazing and I really enjoyed it. Um, And honestly, I feel a lot more strongly about like the character development and the friendship development than I do about the actual romance of the story, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is why it, isn't getting its like own episode because I I wanted to like the romance a little bit more than I did but man it was a good book it was a great performance by Julia Whelan great characters I I just really enjoyed it <laughs> and I immediately started listening to book lovers right afterwards because I had the Julia <laughs> Whelan <so> it funny. <laughs> oh my god that's like so your palate cleanser between every course amazing. <laughs> I love, I I especially love Julia Whelan and her performance as Nora Stevens because I just think that I just love that character and I love the way that Julia brings her to life. So, um, yeah, definitely check out Thank You for Listening if you have the opportunity. I just found it very enjoyable. Um, if you like uh, Irish accents, you, this might be up your alley. Um <laughs> If you really enjoyed the second season of Fleabag, this might Ooh. be up your alley, but not in the priestly kind of way, just in the Irish kind of way. Um, <laughs> uh, but I found it really enjoyable, and I found the characters lovable. And just because the romance didn't like blow me away, that doesn't mean that I did not enjoy the romance. I really enjoyed watching both of our main characters kind of 
dealing with the loss of a previous career and kind of exploring that again. And that made me really happy for both of them. So Mm -hmm. it was more about people living their lives. And I think that's a real strength. So definitely check it out. It's very good. Awesome. Yeah. So those are some of the stuff that we've been meaning to tell you guys about. (laughs) Yeah. But didn't quite have the platform. (laughs) Yeah. So let us know if you check any of these things out. Let us know if you like the doggy door sketch. Let us know what your favorite I think you should leave sketch is. And I'll tell you whether or not we can be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool. You know what I think would be fun is if Mm. YouTube could give you a personality readout based on your algorithm. Jesus Christ. I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> mine would be like you have a lot of trauma and you use I know, YouTube mine would be comfort. like you have a horrible problem. for joining us this week on Friend Diagram. Thank you to Tyler Seek for the creation of our intro and outro music. Did you take any of our recommendations? Have any thoughts on the show? Let us know at frienddiagrampod at gmail.com and we might read your email on a future episode. If you can, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your podcast app of choice and we'll see you back here same place next week. Bye for now.